Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga real point that cowboy got All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doc, you homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza It's November 1st, 2017. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris. I got on the line with me tonight a good friend of mine from the Daily Blitz, Christian Simpson. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, bro? How you been? Everything been good? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. I figure, you know, I mean, we're about halfway through the NFL season, and, you know, you're the guy to talk to when we talk football, so... I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm ready to get into it, man. Yeah, man. Um, So uh, let's just go right into these divisions, man. The AFC East was a division that, you know, before this season, um, people were pretty much convinced that every team but New England was trying to tank. Um, The Jets were being, you know, accused of just tanking and going for the draft before the season started. Buffalo was getting rid of some big players. It just really didn't seem like any of these teams were geared up. You know, Jay Cutler winding up in Miami. Everybody had right. um, everybody in that division kind of counted out. You got a four and three team. You got a five and two team, and you got New England barely holding on to first place and six and six and two. What's your thoughts, man? Yeah, it's been a, it's definitely been a, a topsy turvy type of thing uh, in this division because as the season starts and even before the season begins. You pencil New England in just to win that division, rightfully so. I mean, as long as Brady and Belichick are there courting that ship, they're always going to be atop that division. But Buffalo's played a lot better than I think people have anticipated them to, and they've just changed a lot of small things. Getting LaShawn McCoy to football, he looks like the guy that we saw in Philly 
J-Cat, Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor, he's taking care of the ball. And defensively, they're getting after it. And you got to give Sean McDermott, their head coach, a lot of credit. This is his first year, and I've always compared head coaches to, like, to salesmen in a way. And my reasoning for saying that is because, you know, they're going to pitch their idea and that it's the player's responsibility to buy into it. And they've bought in to what it is he wants to do, and they're trying to win now. They feel they can win this division. They just traded it. For Kelvin Benjamin. So now they have that big playmaker on the field, and they have a perimeter weapon for Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's obviously continuous thoughts of New England not being what they were. I mean, there was some talks of that before they won the Super Bowl. So uh, it's it's always tough to tell when they are kind of a little bit more susceptible or vulnerable. But this definitely doesn't look like the New England of old this year. They don't look like they have the, the killing power they've had in the past. No, they don't. And that's because their defense has really struggled this year. They give up a lot of big plays. And look at all the quarterbacks that they face so far. You face Alex Smith, a guy that I know you're familiar with. Uh, you mm-hmm. face Drew Brees. You face a rookie in Deshaun Watson. You face Cam Newton. Uh you face Jameis Winston, you face Matt Ryan, and then just recently you went up against Phillip Rivers. And, you know, all those guys have been considered to be elite or star quarterbacks in our game. And all but one of those guys has thrown, all but one or maybe even two, has thrown for over 300 yards. So I've been telling them to simplify the playbook, meaning stop playing zone. Start playing man-to-man. Because teams are killing you when you're playing zone, and that's just leaving too much space for those wide receivers off that line of scrimmage. And I just think it's um, it's time to switch a lot of things up. And they don't have a pass rusher, J-Cat. Every year they mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl, they've always had a guy that's been able to get to the passer, whether it was Richard Seymour, Teddy Bruschi, Rob Ninkovich, Chris Long last year, Jamie Collins. But it's all about schemes, you know, and it's all about systems. They go – with what whatever the other team is running, and they barely blitz now. So there are just a lot of changes right now. And then when you look at their offense, the offense is still good, even without Julian Edelman, but they do miss him on third down. And even second down, because this guy's a chain mover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, Buffalo undefeated at home. Uh, high-powered right. defense. They just added an offensive weapon. New England, you know, still dangerous, always dangerous, you know, as long as you got that Brady-Belichick combo. Super dangerous. But do you think Buffalo stands a chance of winning this division? Yeah, they do. Because, I mean, they, they have a lot of balance on both sides of the ball. Tyrod Taylor is taking care of the ball. Um, you know, they use that tight end over the middle. And Nick O'Leary, they have nice weapons on the perimeter. LaShawn McCoy, I think, is the most important player to them this second half of the year. He can't get hurt. They have to keep continuing to feed him the football. And defensively, they can get after you. I know they just traded Marcel Darius, but they still have a whole bunch of weapons on that defense, and it starts with Tredavious White, the rookie that they drafted this year. Yeah. Uh, the AFC North, you know, you got Pittsburgh still sitting up top. There's some times, though, that Big Ben is not looking good. A lot of people are, you know, rumoring him and Eli to be possibly, you know, leaving after this season, you know, calling it quits. Um, I don't know. I mean, 6-2, and two, I think the record looks a little better than they kind of look on the field at times, but – um you know, with Baltimore, Cincinnati, and the 0-8 Cleveland Browns below them, it seems like it's it's going to be a little bit easy for them to at least show up postseason. Uh, what do you think about this? Division? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I look at the AFC North. It's black and blue, and Baltimore looks to get off to a fast start. But you just never know what Ravens are going to show up. One week, Joe Flacco looks good, and then the next week, Joe Flacco doesn't show up. And I think he's part of the problem. They gave him too much money. And for years, I've been saying, you know, he's the reason why they don't have weapons. But they've never really attempted to put anything around him. They haven't really had a true weapon around him since Steve Smith. And when I look at Baltimore's defense, Baltimore just doesn't – their defense doesn't scare anybody anymore. You know, they're not the unit that you were – you were almost afraid to go up against. They don't put that fear into their opponents anymore. You know, teams just throw it on them left and right. They run it on them up and down the field north, south, east, west, and they get the job done on them. Pittsburgh, you know, the Steelers are having fun right now, uh, if you look at it. A few weeks ago when Roethlisberger threw those five interceptions and he's talking about, oh, maybe I just don't have it anymore and maybe I'm done. You know, you just don't say things like that to the media because, you know, they like to twist words 
around. But ever right. since then, you know, they're just playing free-flowing football. That's the best way I could describe it. Antonio Brown's getting the ball. They're establishing Le'Veon Bell. Juju Smith-Schuster, the rookie, he's come in. He's had a really big impact. I think now it's a big four with the three Bs and now Juju. And defensively, they're getting better, but they still struggle to stop the run. Yeah. I mean, I think Pittsburgh might have problems come, you know, I mean, if they hit the playoffs as the same type of team, I think they're going to have problems. I mean, three of their six wins are up against their division, which again is Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, not really impressive teams that they're beating out there. You know, and they got another three wins besides that, but I think they got to be stronger than they look. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, I look at the AFC right now as a whole. There are really only three teams to me that stand out. That's New England, that's Kansas City, and that's Pittsburgh. And here's the thing. It's almost like a like a chain reaction of some sorts with these three teams because New England doesn't want to see Kansas City. Kansas City always gives the Patriots problems. And I think they're probably the most built to beat them because they have the secondary to match up with those receivers. And they have the pass rushers to get after Tom Brady. Pittsburgh doesn't want to see New England. The Patriots have always given the Steelers a ton of problems, whether it's on offense, it's on defense. Tom Brady just knows this Pittsburgh uh, team like the back of his hand. I think he's won about nine or ten games against Pittsburgh throughout his career. And then Kansas City doesn't want to see the Steelers. The Steelers always give Kansas City a lot of problems with that team speed and that protection that they give Ben Roethlisberger. It's like they can't even get to them. Yeah. Um, now, the AFC South, this is really just completely up for grabs. I mean, Indianapolis seems like the only team that doesn't stand much of a chance at the moment, you know, because even Houston's three and four behind two, four, and three teams. They're still very much in reach. Um, the team that I see that's standing out of this group is Jacksonville. You know, they have two 10-sack games on the season, which is t- almost unheard of. There's only a couple more teams that have done that in the history of football. Um you know, what's your thoughts on Jacksonville's defense and, you know, Tennessee up top? But, um, I mean, what do, what do you think about this division? Yeah, well, you know, you look at Jacksonville, and they're taking after their head coach. I think Doug Marone has really instilled a whole type of mental toughness within this team. They're getting after the quarterback. They're getting takeaways. And Jalen Ramsey, we knew this kid was going to be special coming out of Florida State. You know, and I also analyzed college football as well, J-Cat. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I've i watched a lot of him throughout his collegiate career. He's made such a smooth transition over into the NFL. But, yeah, their defense just got scarier now because they acquired Marcel Darius from the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they, they're definitely impressive at times. Um, offensively, I think they struggle a little bit. But, you know. Right, right. And to me, that's the thing that I think is going to really keep them back from from really taking that next step in the division. I had Tennessee winning the division at the beginning of the year, and I think I'm going to still stick with it, but I also think Houston is going to give them a run for their money. Okay. Um, and then the AFC West, which seemingly is uh, is where the power lies in the AFC, in my opinion. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs at six and two. You know they had a two game right. skid, but other than that, they've they've been super super tough. They lost a heartbreaker against the Raiders, but besides that, I mean, you know they've been pretty solid. I mean that that Raiders game was a great game. So you know losing that the, towards the end that was anyone's game. The other one was a rough one, but I mean can, the Kansas City Chiefs are looking great this year. Yeah, they are great. They're so well coached, and Alex Smith has kind of said that that title that he's just a game manager. He's taking games over. The guy hasn't even thrown an interception yet this year, so he's taking care of the football. He's taking shots down the field. And offensively, they've kind of built this offense around other people, not named Travis Kelsey. He's their best player, yes, but Kareem Hunt, you saw how he stepped onto the scene when they played New England in week one. You know, Albert Wilson, he's made a couple of nice plays. Demetrius Harris, the other tight end. And defensively, it's kind of where they struggle because they're having a tough time getting off the field, but they know when to make a stop when they have to. Right. Now, um, I mean, what do you think about these Oakland Raiders? The Raiders were favored to win the Super Bowl last year. Really, the only thing that held them back was Derek Carr getting hurt. Um, They come in now, they're, you know – three and five. Um, I mean, they added Marshawn Lynch. You expected him to come back fresh. 
really make a big impact. He hasn't really done much but dance and grab refs. Uh, I mean, where are we at with them? <laughs> yeah, they've definitely been a soccer this year. You look at you look at the way they play and you look at their offense last year compared to this year. Their offense is built to run the football. They're going to run it two or three times first on first and second down, move the chain, not necessarily get a lot of yards, and then that's going to open up the playbook. And that hasn't been it, you know. And then there are weeks when Derek Carr, he looks like an elite quarterback. He looks like a superstar. He looks like a guy that got paid before Matthew Stafford became the highest paid player in the league. Then, you know, there are weeks when he looks like he's the worst quarterback in the league. So he's just been what I call consistently inconsistent. You know, their defense, Mm -hmm. their defense has struggled big time, man. They're not establishing Marshawn Lynch. What was the purpose of trading for him and signing him if you're not going to get him the football? He can't make an impact on 13 carries. He has to touch the ball at least 20 times. And now that he's coming back, you have to punt, give him the ball. Let him punch it in between those tackles, and good things are going to happen. Yeah. Do you think Marshawn Lynch actually has it in him to make a big impact at this point, or you know, do you yeah. think it's just mismanagement by the Raiders? Nah, I think he does, man. I think he can come in and, you know, he's a veteran. He's been here. He's done that. You know, give him the football. And he's the only guy on this team next to Michael Crabtree, you know, who's played in big games before. So that experience can come in handy, you know, and it starts on Sunday uh, when they play. Get him the football. You have to, and Carr has to play better. And I'm not being tough on him. I'm just telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so now we, we head over to the NFC, which um, I hate to say it, but it, it looks like in the NFC East, we have what looks like the best team in football, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I mean, their offense is scary. I, I thought going into the season, Carson Wentz, if he was able to come back off of the year he had last year with the added weapons that he got, he'd be dangerous. You know, they added Blunt. Um, their defense is playing really well. Um this is surprising, you know, not so much that the Eagles are as good as they are, but that the Cowboys are as bad as they are, the Giants are as bad as they are, the Redskins are as bad as they are. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on this division across the board? Yeah, well, I've always called the NFC East the most unpredictable division of football because you truly never know what you're going to get. There's never really a clear-cut favorite coming into the division. You know, you saw what Dallas did last year. Nobody expected them to do what they did once Tony Romo went down. You know, rookie quarterback, rookie running back, they can't do anything. And they're the top seed in the NFC. The Redskins, a couple years ago, they win it. They win the Mm -hmm. NFC East, you know. The Giants have won it when they haven't been favored to win it. And now the Eagles are just running away with it. And you said it best. I really think not only is this the best team in the NFC, this is the best team in football right now. They have so much balance, and they play so well in each tier of the game. They're great offensively. They're running the football, and now they just got a boost acquiring Jay Ajayi. So they're in win-now mode, and they feel they can get to the Super Bowl, and I think this move can potentially solidify that case. That, you know, defensively, they're getting takeaways. They get after the quarterback, and then Chris Long was huge for them, Uh, just a signature pass rusher. And Carson Wentz right now, he'd be in my top three for MVP, Jake yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now with Washington, do you think um, all the talk of, you know, cousins going, cousins not being there, do you think that created dissension on the team and, and they're not quite the team they could be? Yeah, definitely. And on top of that, they really have no production as far as wide receivers. They don't have a, a, a true threat that they can get the ball to down the field. Terrell Pryor could be that, but he's too inconsistent. You know, mm-hmm. Jamison Crowder, too inconsistent. They depend on a a running back to come out the backfield to be their leading receiver and Jordan Reed, a guy that can't stay healthy. Yeah. The one in six New York giants, um, obviously just about every receiver they had got hurt. Um, you know, but even prior to that, they, they weren't playing too well at all. Um, what's your thoughts on the giants? Did did they move on from Eli after this year? Is, Is this his last year? Um, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, Beckham's going to get a big contract, probably even injured. He's going to get a big contract. Um, do they start the rebuilding process pretty much following this? Season? Um, well, you know, you can't necessarily pin this off on Eli. He has a bad offensive line. I think he can play at least two more years, but it won't hurt to, to draft your quarterback of the future 
to have because Eli doesn't have any longer. Then again, I don't think Eli has anything left to prove. He's won his Super Bowls. He's won his playoff games. So what's the purpose mm-hmm. of coming back? But the guy's a football junkie. I mean, look at his last name and look at his brother. His, his brother was a football junkie as well. But, yeah, with the Giants, when Odell played, when he was on the field, they can't win with him. They can't win without him. They depend on him too much. It's like there's not another guy that can make a play outside of number 13. Brandon Marshall looks like he doesn't want to be there. Sterling Shepard wasn't making any catches. They weren't running the ball. Defensively, they're great, but it was their offense that was hurting them. When they started 0-5, they should have won at least two or three of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then the NFC North, obviously completely rocked by Aaron Rodgers going down, You know, pretty much puts it up for anybody's anybody's division at this point when you know previous that was that was Aaron Rodgers lock you know um Minnesota right. has really made some pretty big moves you know um surprisingly uh their defense has played really well um Detroit's kind of sitting back but you know they could be dangerous at times Stafford's a tough quarterback and um yeah I mean what do you, what do you think about this division yeah uh it definitely did get rocked you described it best it definitely did get rocked when Aaron Rodgers went down with his injury and you know he's an MVP candidate for a reason cuz look at how differently they look at how different they look without mm-hmm. him in the lineup compared to how he is when he is on that field and I just don't think you know him being down is bad for the Packers I think him being down is kind of bad for the league cuz he's such a popular player he he wows you with everything he does probably the most clutch player in the league behind Tom Brady and yeah, it's yeah. tough, but I think Minnesota's the best team in this division right now. I mean, they're running the ball. Adam Thielen is having a great year. Uh, defensively, they get after you, and, I mean, they have so many weapons that you don't hear about on the defensive side of the ball. The Lions, you know, I won't take them seriously until they get a franchise running back. They pass the ball way too much for my liking, but then again, they're not built to run the ball, J.K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I seem to think without Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay kind of slips down that division. I could see Detroit coming up to two, but can they make a play on Minnesota at that point is what I wonder. They could, but they're just going to have to be more consistent. And my thing with Green Bay, you know, you can't even count them out because they do have some nice weapons. I think what you have to do now, you have to coach Brent Humley like you would – like not like you with Aaron Rodgers. He has to play his own game. He can't come in and be that guy. And for so long, Aaron Rodgers has bailed out that Packers defense. Now it's time for the Packers defense to make plays and for Brett Hundley to lean on that running game. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot to ask for, though. <laughs> you know, if you're used yeah, to that all-star is. quarterback. You just, you just never know what you're going to get from that Packers defense. Yeah, I think Belichick's one of the only guys that could lose an all-star quarterback and make the next guy look just as good. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Um, so then you got the NFC South. Um, you got the New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Bucks. Obviously, the Falcons came up short in the Super Bowl after a big lead. Uh, they seem to be not nearly the offensive power that they were last year. Is it that big um, – weighing on the fact that they lost Shanahan to his tusk guys over here. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is. I mean, he's one of the top, if not the top offensive mastermind right now we have in the NFL. I mean, you saw everything he was able to put together in Atlanta, in the Georgia Dome last year. You know, they were able to run it. They were able to spread those receivers out, put them in the slot, make them eligible receivers down the field to create mismatches. Julio Jones had a big year, but it was also the other weapons, the guys that people don't really talk about, Taylor Gabriel, Muhammad Sanu, who I think is just a quintessential number two wide receiver, uh, Austin Hooper, didn't really get involved too much, but Matt Ryan does like using his tight ends. After all, he played who, is, who I think is the best tight end ever in Tony Gonzalez, or one of the best tight ends in Tony G. Um, and defensively, you know, they were solid last year. Now it just seems like Matt Ryan is trying to place place the football in the tight windows and force things. Uh, they're not running the football. What was the purpose of signing Devontae Freeman? If you're not going to run them, they're not using Tevin Coleman. And, yeah, these weapons are too good not to be used. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, New, New Orleans and Carolina, you got, you know, these two teams up top, you know, five and two, five and three. Um 
Now, which one of these teams do you think comes out the end? You obviously got Cam Newton, who's capable of doing all sorts of things. Their defense is pretty strong. New Orleans, you know, Drew Brees is always a huge, huge weapon. Um, you know, they, they started out this season with Adrian Peterson thinking he was going to be the answer at running back. Um, that ended up not being a factor at all. They got rid of him. But, again, you know, they sit at the top of the division. Um, which one of these teams do you think comes out? What do you think about these two guys? You know, uh, when I look at Carolina, Cam was starting to kind of look like the guy that we saw in 15 at the beginning of the year, the guy that won mm-hmm. MVP. Zipping the ball in the tight spaces, shoulder was getting healthy, he just looked like his head was in the game. But these last couple of weeks, he just looked like he hasn't been there. I know they won a big game the other day in Tampa Bay, uh, which was huge for them to show up, and their defense has improved. But my thing with Carolina is they need to establish the run with somebody not named Cam Newton. You know, your your quarterback can't be your leading rusher. Your quarterback has to focus – other things, and I know he's a mobile guy, but he's definitely tried to develop more as a pocket passer and a guy that makes a throw on the run. And, you know, I look at New Orleans, I think them trading Adrian Peterson was the best thing that could have happened to this team because coming into the year, and I think I told you this during the offseason, Adrian Peterson, he's a volumes guy, meaning he has to touch the ball a certain amount of times to have an impact. He's not a third down mm-hmm. and short guy, you know. He has to touch it 25, 30 times and breathe has to throw it about 40, 50 times a game just for the Saints to have a chance and win. But the Saints' defense has improved. I think it's going to come down to which defense is going to be more consistent down the stretch. Is it going to be Atlanta's? Is it going to be Carolina's? Or is it going to be New Orleans? And right now, I have to give the edge to the Saints. I just think the quarterback factor, Drew Brees, and their defense is so improved this year. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay down the bottom of the division, our boy Nick's team, right. um, you know, they seemed like they were on the, the come up. Um, Jameis Winston was looking great last year. You know, numbers were definitely looking like they were, he was just going to be outstanding. And, um, you know, this year, two and five, what's your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I actually had them winning this division and they've made me look really bad right now. <laughs> uh, I think it's play calling, you know, let let the offense go through Jameis, you know, let him just get a, a firm grasp and control of this offense and let him make plays. And they, they've been pulling him back from that. And their defense hasn't been able to get off the field. They can't rush the passer without loading the box up. Yeah. And uh, finally, the NFC West, uh, where my guys <laughs> reside, sort of, uh, you got the Seattle Seahawks up top, the Rams coming on strong, you know, right up there with them. Cardinals and obviously in the basement, the Niners. Uh, let's first talk about Seattle and, uh, you know, uh, their possibilities and what they look like right now. Cause you know, it's, it's been a couple of years since they were really the Seattle of old, they're still able to win some games, but again, this division is so rocky that, you know, it, it kind of falls into their lap. They're three and zero at home. So uh, maybe that, you know, that loud crowds giving them that little boost, but um, what's your thoughts on Seattle? Yeah. Uh, they really haven't looked like the Seahawks of old as of late. Uh, you know, 2015, they're a wild card. Last year, they won the division. But, you know, they're off to a strong start at home, like you said. And they made a move to kind of solidify their offensive line. And this could go a long way for them. Getting Dwayne Brown, who is one of the best offensive linemen we have in the game right now. You know, just a, a true guy that can that – can, protect the quarterback's blind side and be that leader. And they haven't had that because they traded Max Unger, their center for years, to the Saints for Jimmy Graham. And their offensive line hadn't been the same since then. Now they have a guy that can that can protect and really get the other four on that offensive line to play a hell of a lot better. And defensively, you know, they're still good. I know they gave up quite a few points on Sunday against Houston, but this is still a unit that can get out there and hit you, they'll get takeaways, you know, they'll they'll rush the passer, their linebacking core, they can play deep, they can drop back in the coverage, and they can come in and, and rush the quarterback as well. So they're going to be there when it's all said and done, and it all has to do with the coach. I mean, Pete Carroll is one of the best in the business right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, they're, they're undefeated at home. You got the Rams sitting up there with them, and they're undefeated on the road. Um, so – 
You know, what do you see with the Rams? Yeah, I, I think uh, Gurley's one of the best running backs in the league. Um, yeah, he has the ability to be, for sure. Um, so what's your thoughts on the Rams and their outlook on this season? I agree with you on Todd on Gurley. I loved him at Georgia, and I'm glad that he's really stepping out and being that offensive weapon that the Rams have needed for the last couple of years. They haven't really had a lot of stability offensively, but, you know, they're a good team, and I think them getting rid of Jeff Fisher was the best thing that could have happened because I don't think they'd be in this position right now. What was the purpose of trading up for Jared Goff if you weren't going to use them? And now Sean McVay's come in, young guy, uh, a guy who's been known to work for quarterbacks, and I think he's the reason why Jared Goff is playing so well. But I look at their defense, and their defense is kind of up and down, and it's surprising to see, especially with a guy like Aaron Donald. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, uh, we'll jump down to, to my guys. Uh, 0-8, um, obviously, rough, rough start. A lot of injuries, man. I mean, overall, we're seeming to clean house. Uh, letting go in the barrel Bowman was an enormous shock to me. Um, you know, our defensive leader. Um, we've now moved Eric Reed, the linebacker, from safety. Um, just madness is going on there. Um, you know, um Hoyer was our starter. He's now not on the team. <laughs> you know, we we got a, a third round rookie starting, and now the obviously the big move of getting Garoppolo. Um, Shanahan saying that he may not even start this season. Um, they're they're not guaranteeing that he will even start this season. So, I mean, w- what's your thoughts? Yeah, everything just seems to be up in the air right now yeah. with your guys, man. Um, I would start Garoppolo. Why not? He's shown that he's more than capable of of being the starter in this league. Look at what he did in the four games last year when Tom Brady was out. So why not? I, I'd start him just to see what you potentially have. And is he your guy that you could put on the center for the next three to five years? Yeah. I mean, I think you need to get some kind of look at this guy. My My only worry is, you know, the way that we're tanking this season, especially with Joe Staley out with a broken eye socket, um, do you just feed him to the wolves? Do you, you know, just baptize him by fire and let him get destroyed back there? Because, I mean, this this rookie's guy, right. he's getting hit left and right. So, we, you know, do we spend a second-round pick and then put this guy on injured reserve because we let him get killed? Or do we try to get that line back together before we stick him back there? I, I don't know. That's exactly. a tough call. Exactly. He, you know, you said it best. So, everything is just up in the air right now. But at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan has the final decision. I mean, this – do you think um, Jimmy Garoppolo is our quarterback of the future? You know, we have the option to pay him up until the end of the season and then move on. I mean, we could very well go back to the draft. We could very well be vying for Cousins at the end of this season. Um, or this could be our guy for the future and we can go elsewhere in the draft or, you know, spend right. our money elsewhere. And what's your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you think he is? Do you think he's Matt Castle or do you think he's our guy? You know, I think he could be better. Than Matt Castle. I mean, he's a tall kid, can stand strong in the pocket, make all the throws, and he's going to play to his strengths. He's not trying to be the guy that he was sitting behind. I know he was learning a lot from him, but he's a mobile guy. He can move within the pocket. He's able to move outside of the pocket, and he he has a pretty good command and control of the offense. So right now, um, it's up in the air on what San Francisco is going to do, but I would love to see this kid get a shot because he most definitely deserves it. Yeah. I mean, they're saying, you know, if anything, I mean, you know, the first thoughts was like, look, we're not going to see him against Arizona because that would be crazy. You know, he doesn't even know the offensive scheme or anything. Not that we have much of a scheme, but, um, you know, uh, (laughs) and then possibly the, the following week playing against the Giants, but then we also have the bye week after that. So maybe, you know, giving them two weeks off, come in after the bye week. I don't know. Right. I, I'd definitely like to see some look out of this guy and see, uh, you know, his capabilities, even if they, they limit exactly. his, his snaps. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, you know, Shanahan, you know, can't work miracles, but, uh, the offensive powerhouse he was over there in Atlanta. We're not we're not quite seeing that just yet. It's gonna take some time, so Yeah, it definitely is. And plus you need weapons that you can work, you know, in order to become an offensive powerhouse and they don't have that. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, let me see. Um, oh, also, um, the I I meant to touch on this when we hit the Browns division. What's your thoughts on it? How many first round picks do these guys have to get before they're they're a factor? Um, we keep hearing all these things about them, you know, almost getting McCarron and possibly almost getting uh, Garoppolo at some point and missing the deadline or not returning a phone call or just just madness and. You know, they're getting these top draft picks year after year after year, and it just seems like they, they can't make any momentum. Like, they can't get any moves. Is this coaching? Is this front office? What is this? I think it's a mix of everything, man. Um, they, they're they a mess from from top to bottom. You see what they're doing on the football field. And a couple of those games, they could have won. But, you know, they lose the first two. You say, okay, maybe they're able to get back into it. Deshaun Kaiser struggled. He's a rookie. I think Hugh Jackson can be a good head coach. He was. I mean, he had a great shot at getting the Oakland Raiders to the playoffs. But, you know, I just think it's the way the team's being composed and put together. It's just they're a mess. They need a little bit of everything. How many first-round draft picks do these guys need? Because they're going through them, and not many of them last. I mean, Miles Garrett is hurt. Whoever they got the year before, I don't even know where he is now. Johnny Manziel, yeah, he didn't pan out. Well, he had issues to begin with, and yeah, they're mm-hmm. just a mess, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, my my hopeful, I've never hoped for the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl because I do not like the Eagles, but uh, they look like the team. <laughs> I would like to see them go to the Super Bowl, meet Andy Reid there, and have Andy Reid send them home with a loss. That that to me would be the ultimate. Um. Hey, that'd situation. be kind of epic. That'd be yeah, kind of epic. I mean, that'd be a pretty good Super Bowl. And they got rid of Andy because he couldn't get it done. He got to the, to, to the playoffs time and time again, and they, that wasn't good enough. So for him to finally get that win against the Eagles would be the ultimate retribution. You know, and I've always thought Andy Reid was an elite head coach, an outstanding guy that could develop quarterbacks. You know, his players play hard for him. His players can relate to him. He's been around for a long time. He can put together a pretty nice game plan. You hear about Belichick all the time and the game plans that he's able to put together. Andy Reid is pretty good, too, and a lot of people don't realize it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, let's get into these weeks, this week's games and see what you think. Uh, you got the Bills meeting the uh, Jets on Thursday night. You know, the Jets Jets are pretty shaky. Um, I mean, the Bills look strong as hell. I mean, what do you, what do you think? I, I think the Bills are taking this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the Buffalo Bills, and that's when I think we're going to see a lot of them running shady. I think uh, that defense is going to really get after Josh McCown. Uh, just don't know what I'm going to see from the Jets' defense because one week they look good and the next week they don't. I just think now that Buffalo has an added weapon in Kelvin Benjamin, they're going to they're gonna use them. They're in win-now mode. Now's your chance. You know, you have a really mm-hmm. good shot at making the playoffs. Yeah. Um Next game is is a completely up in the air. I mean, the Ravens up against the Titans. I mean, these teams have looked like two different teams depending on the week they show up. What team shows up the winner this week? I like Tennessee because I just I can't trust Joe Flacco. You know, I never know what mm-hmm. I'm going to see from this guy. And we, you know, when these two teams meet, something always happens. I remember these teams meeting always in the 2000s. A classic AFC rivalry. Uh, between these two, they've met in the playoffs quite a few times, and I see this being a hard-hitting game. I think the team that runs the football the best in this one is going to end up the winner. Okay. Uh, the Bengals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Bengals are having a rough stretch, and Jaguars are playing so strong on defense. I, I got the Jaguars at home here. They're 4-3. and three. They can move to 5-3. and three. That would be a big move on their end. What do you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. I think Jacksonville wins this one as well because the Bengals, you just never know. Just like Joe Flacco, you never know what Andy Dalton is going to show up. I mean, I mean, Andy has the potential. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's it's the play calling. The Bengals just don't look right, and they haven't for the last couple of years. They're just – they're a team with a lot of potential, but they just – you know, they always just seem to run into problems. And Marvin Lewis has been there way too long. He needs to be fired. He should have been fired five or six years ago. The guy's been there close of what, close to thirteen, fourteen years, and a man's never won a playoff game. So he must mm. be paying someone under the table. Uh, I just think Jacksonville's going to make it difficult 
for Andy Dalton on Sunday. They're going to rush him. I see a lot of sacks. They could get another 10-sack game. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta's up against the Carolina Panthers. This is another tough one, a 4-3 and three versus a 5-3. and three. He said Cam hasn't really looked like himself lately. Um, you know, Atlanta's definitely desperate for a win. I'm not sure, you know, you think they could get it done? Well, you know, if you look at this game from the outside, Carolina needs this game, I think, a lot more, but I don't think it's going to happen because I just don't think they have the secondary to keep up with these Falcons receivers in. The Falcons' offense woke up in inclement weather last week against the Jets. So, you know, I want to see if they can continue that. And Carolina, their defense has to play well. they got to stop the run, make Matt Ryan move around to the left side of the pocket and, and force him to get the ball to another weapon not named Julio Jones. Um, but I just think Atlanta has too much. Last year when they played, Julio had the game of his life, went off for over 300 yards and. I just see uh, Atlanta having another big day in Carolina. I like the Falcons. You got the Denver Broncos who, you know, they like to play tough on defense. They kind of make a game out of a lot of things. You know, they, they started to give Kansas City a game, and, you know, Kansas City's tough. Um, up against the Eagles. The Eagles, you know, the, the class of the NFL at the moment. Um, do you think this is this is a team that catches the Eagles slipping? Because, you know, at one point or another, the Eagles are going to catch a loss they shouldn't have. Um, it's just bound to happen. The Kansas City game is something they should have lost. I mean, Kansas City is a very strong team. Uh, at one point or another, the Eagles can't just win every single game that they're supposed to. So I, I'm i going on the outside and thinking Denver's going to sneak this one. But, I mean, the Eagles are so, on such a roll, I'm not really positive. Yeah, and you know what? Denver actually bent Trevor Simeon. Rock Osweiler is going to start. And I couldn't agree anymore with this move because – they weren't getting any type of production from from Trevor Simeon. And I think what they were trying to do was coach Trevor Simeon like Peyton Manning. You know, he's not Peyton. He can't throw the football 35 to 40 times a game. you got to run the football. Get C.J. Anderson the ball. He's your best player. And Brock Osweiler, I think he has a better chemistry with Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. You know, I think their offense is going to show up, and I think their defense is going to play well. But – it's in Philadelphia. They're at home. You know, the Eagles are rolling right now. I'm going to go with Philly. Yeah. Uh, you got the Colts, which are really not playing well, up against the uh, the Texans. Um, three and four Texans. I mean, it just looks like, you know, record-wise, it could kind of be anybody's game. What do you think is happening here? You know, this is kind of a trap game for the Texans because you can't come in a little overconfident, and if you do that, you know, the underdog is going to sniff that out. They're going to use that to their advantage and beat you, but the Colts just don't have anything right now. They don't play defense. Their offensive line is terrible. They don't protect the set. Only thing they really have going for them is T.Y. Hilton and Frank Gore, your guy, and, you know, that's it. Who else do they have? The You know, the Texans lost a heartbreaker last week. Deshaun Watson's the real deal. I mean, this kid, this kid does it all. He's mold, make throws on the run. You know, he hits his receivers in stride. He looks like he's been in the league for about five years, and he's a rookie. And I love what he did at Clemson. What he did at Clemson is exactly what he's doing in the NFL. I think the Texans win this one. Yeah. Um, you got the Bucks versus the Saints. You know, the Bucks. you know, just really didn't look good last week. They got to deal with Drew Brees and the Saints this week uh, in New Orleans. Uh, what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, the Saints are rolling right now. They're so improved on the uh, defensive side of the ball. You already know what you're going to get from them offensively. And, you know, the way Tampa's looking, I just see them struggling a little bit some more. I think Drew Brees is going to light them up, off, uh, light up their defense from an offensive standpoint. I, I definitely like the Saints, and they're at home, the Superdome. It seems like they're, the Saints are gaining back that home field advantage, something that they haven't had in quite some time because teams are going in there left and right and beating them, and now it's becoming a difficult place to play. You got the uh, the Rams and the Giants in Jersey. Um, I mean, the Rams, they're just playing better football, and again, the Giants just don't have any answers. Um, what do you, what do you think is going to go on here? Well, a few weeks ago, after the Giants got that win against Oakland, 
I kind of said the Giants had a little bit of an advantage offensively on any defense that was going to play them because when Odell's on the field, you already know that he's going to be targeted and teams are going to try their best to take him away. Now, you really don't have that. Who's going to be Eli's go-to guy? And they were able to run the football in that game. And, you know, they just ran into a better team in Seattle a few weeks ago before their bye week. They were off this week. I really don't see them um, playing any better, maybe even for the rest of the year. I like the Rams in this one. I just think the Rams the Rams are the much better team, like you said. Yeah. Uh, Redskins, Seahawks, uh, you know, it's in Seattle. Seattle hasn't lost at home. Redskins need this one to break 500 and actually, you know, possibly be looked at as another team in the NFC East that could contend. Um, it's going to be a hard one. Again, it's, it's in Seattle. Um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, uh, after what I saw Seattle do last week, they got to get back to the basics this week, running the football, keeping Russell Wilson protected. And that defense knows they can't give up 30 points again. That was disappointing. I know they got the win, but that was terrible football from their defense. Their offense bailed them out. They need both sides of the football to really complement one another, and I think it happens on Sunday. I like Seattle. Yeah. Uh, You got the Cardinals and the Niners. Niners have not won a football game yet. Um, you know, the Cardinals, uh, they're down a quarterback, so um, they're not really firing on all cylinders either. Um, obviously, the rookie has just been um, uh, introduced to his replacement. Uh, you know, his replacement just got off a plane this week. And um, uh, what do you think this is going on in this game? It's It's at San Francisco. I think our last game was a close one. But, you know, some things have happened since then. I think we're playing a little – little harder football. Yeah, uh, but I'm going to take uh, – I'm actually going to go with you guys in this one because yeah. it just seems like that Cardinal offense doesn't know how to function without Carson Palmer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have our, our little glimmers of hope here and there, but um, until we win it, it's, it's going to be tough to bank on us. Um, that, that rookie's getting hit a lot. He's, he's giving up the ball left and right. It's it's rough to watch. I mean, yeah, we just came off playing probably the best team in football, so I'm sure it'll get a little better from here. But yeah, 0-8's a rough start to start, you know, betting on your team or anything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs up against the Cowboys. The Chiefs, I mean, again, look like a way better team. I don't know if the Cowboys snap into form at some point and become a contender in in that division either. Um, There's a lot of maybes as far as, you know, do the Redskins contend? Do the the Cowboys go back to contending? I think Ezekiel Elliott is uh, suspended now, right? Who knows, man? I'm so confused with that story. (laughs) One week he suspended, one week he beats it. So I'm lost. Right now, I think he's suspended as of now. Yeah, I think so. So, I right, who do you got? Kansas City? I like Kansas City in this one. Um, I just – look, for Dallas to win this game, they have to keep up the aggression that they did in the last two games against San Francisco and the Redskins. They got to get be able to get after Alex Smith. They have to be able to stop the run. Uh, but I see Kansas City coming out, and I see them uh, exploiting more of Dallas's weakness, which is running backs in receiving form out the backfield. So I see them using a lot of Kareem Hunt because they can't stop the receiving backs out the backfield. And Kansas City's defense has to play better. They got to be aggressive, take away the middle of the field, put pressure on Dak Prescott, keep him in the pocket, and keep him contained. Yeah. Um, So then you got the Raiders up against the Dolphins. And, you know, if you thought in the beginning of the season that the Dolphins would be sitting with a better record – you know, that, that wouldn't have been the expected outcome. Um, you got him in Miami. Um, I think Marshawn comes back this week, right? Yeah, he does. Um, whether they know what to do with him or not, I don't know. But um, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, uh, I mean, I wasn't being hard on Derek Carr earlier. I was just being honest and being insightful. He has to play better. You know, one week mm-hmm. he's in that category with Rodgers, Brady, and Breeze. And the next week, you know, he's looking like Tim Couch and Ryan Leaf, yeah. which is pretty bad. So it's just all about consistency. And they're going to have to not only lean on Derek Carr, but build this offense around Marshawn Lynch. Let him get his touches here and there because 
great things are going to happen. And then Jared Cook has to be something, especially in the red zone, somehow, some way. And their defense, their defense just has to get off the field. You know, it can't all just be on Khalil Mack. The, the Dolphins looked absolutely terrible last week. You know, they were shut out. They gave up 40 points to the Ravens. And, you know, what Dolphins team shows up is Cutler going to play because he was week to week with those crack ribs. And if I were to tell you that the Dolphins were better with Jay Cutler on the center than Matt Moore, you probably look at me like I'm crazy, but I don't think the Dolphins would have gotten shut out if Jay Cutler were on the center, but I like Oakland. I think they get back on track. This could be the start of something with them. Yeah. And finally, Monday Night Football, you got the Lions against the Green Bay Packers. Again, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Um, this is a chance for the Lions to, you know, break even at 4-4, four and four, but they're going to Green Bay. What's your thoughts? Yeah, uh, it's going to be tough, man. You know, the Lions want to be taken seriously, not only within the division, but I think the conference and the NFC as a whole. This is a game they need to win. You're on prime time. You didn't do so well last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, this is a game that you need. I like the Lions. I just don't trust the Packers without Brett Hunt, without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. So, I mean, that's that's our outlook on everything, the games this week, the divisions, what they're looking like. Um you know, anything else you want to plug your, your site? Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, stop, made, made a new website. Debuted it March 3rd of this year, thedailyblitz.net. Become a subscriber now. JCAT is a, is a subscriber. Anything that's posted on the site, you will receive an email about. It's a busy time of the year with college football starting to heat up. The NFL, the second half of the year starting. You can like our page on Facebook, facebook.com backslash the daily blitz follow us on twitter at daily blitz underscore 61 yeah man my man christian knows his shit unless he disagrees with me and then he don't know shit so (laughs) (laughs) but hey man i appreciate you having me on man anytime bro we'll do this again you know come playoff time and we can give a little wrap up on what happened to some of these teams that fell off and what our uh, you know thoughts on the guys going forward are all right man have a good rest of the show i'll be talking to you absolutely Yes, sir. So there you go. There's Christian Simpson from the Daily Blitz. He he writes great articles. If you subscribe to his shit, man, he he writes his ass off. Um, you know, he goes into depth about you know different things that are going on with different teams across the league, and you know he covers college football and all that shit. He he definitely knows his shit. I'm I'm playing around with him, but yeah, he he knows some shit, man. Um, so yeah, I'm going to play this track, come back, cover a couple real quick things, but I don't have a whole lot to go tonight. So, um, check it out. Mama, 
Look at here, I'm a boy beasting in my car, Paul Revere, horsepower, never fell off. Look in the mirror when I drop something, you like Martin, all ears. Late night letterman, I light it like Edison. Fire through the wire, I wrote it out of Maryland. Arrogant jets, tune in, my hot non-flex, cut the check and your boy digress. At my age, it's all about bread. Trying to be nice at 40, you can have it all, shorty. I'm trying to make history, and history say fuck rap. I divorced her, the bitch for me. Throw your hands up, let's tear the bar up. So much blood, I started sweating cigar guts. And these white folks love me like a Starbucks. Fuck with one dude, you gotta fuck with all of us. Niggas in the streets gon' learn. Them Wu-Tang niggas don't play. Niggas in the streets gon' learn. Them death squad niggas don't play. Niggas in the streets gon' learn. Them Jersey niggas don't play. Niggas in the streets gon' learn. The Staten Island niggas don't play. Mathematics, you a fucking genius, nigga. Yo, fuck that. Ladies and gentlemen, I need you to put your hands together for Worldwide International Producer, Worldwide International DJ, and the creator of the Wu-Tang W symbol. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and show your love for our brother and yours, Mathematics. Yeah, so um, back real quick. Um, what you're going to want to do, because like I said, I don't have a whole lot of topics for tonight, and I'm not really looking to get a bunch of shit together and do the thing like that. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm just going to kind of hand this over to my boys over there at the hot tag podcast. Uh, if you want to hop over there, um, he's doing an interview with DJ Hyde tonight. DJ Hyde is in for a lot of hard hitting questions, the type of questions that were being deleted off of the CCW Facebook. When they asked, do you have any questions for us? Um, they deleted a lot of people. I've personally, I've been banned off the CCW page from typing anything. I could read it. I could share it. Um, I can't comment on shit in there. I haven't been able to for years. They kind of know better than to let me have open reign. Um, they, they already know my opinions and the things that I say on this show and they want less people to hear that. They don't want more people to hear what I say. So it's all good. Um, people hear my shit and, um, I don't really need to type on, on their page in order for people to hear me. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be back at it on Sunday with uh shaheen talking all sorts more shit we definitely got to recap all the stuff that dj hyde says tonight um you want to go over to deafbreath.com d-e-f-b-r-e-f.com uh masada's doing some shit over there they're doing some some real dope videos and shit you want to really check that out um so yeah check it out they're doing some big shit over there um, they put up their first video yesterday morning and, um, they're going to continue with content up there. So check it out. Um, you know, sports den do their thing. Uh, check them out. Yeah. I'm sure one of these guys are running shows some goddamn where I, I barely pay attention to who's doing what anymore. Cause, um, you know, shit, man, I work six days a week in the gym, all that shit. Um, one thing I want to mention, um, IWA mid South, I had mentioned that I was going to go down, um, and and see their show in January. Ian had announced that he was closing shop February 3rd or something along those lines. And um I think that's the date. Um well, I guess he found out that he can still he can still run um he's got some streaming service stuff going on. Um He's got, you know, with Smartmark Video, they're going to be doing um, like a streaming service where we can get IWA stuff on there, which is great. You know, $10 a month subscription service. I highly recommend it. Their library is deep as hell. Um, so if you want to see some some old school shit, man, you can see old CM Punk, you could Brian Danielson, the old TPIs, the King of the Death. I mean, it goes on and on and on of the stuff that, you know, IWA has to offer. So definitely go check that out. But through you know different means they figured out that they can um um they can continue to run they can continue to do what they're doing they don't have to close shop at february 3rd they obviously need people to continue to contribute but where that puts me is i'm not going to fucking indiana i'm not going to kentucky or memphis or wherever the fuck they're running um the thing is is 
I'm not looking to attend wrestling shows at all, really ever. Like, this isn't like I'm taking a month or two off. Like, I'm done attending wrestling shows. The one and only reason I was going is because it was going to be over. And, um, you know, King of the Death match was a lot of fun when we went in 2015. Obviously, it isn't going to be the same without Whack Packer Hogan with us. But it's one of those things that was like, yeah, I, I'd like to do that maybe one more time. So hearing that they were going to close shop for real, I just felt like I don't want to leave them fucking as never an option again to go. You know, Ian's health has declined and, you know, some things happen. And I truly believe when he finally decides to close up shop, um, he, he's probably going to stay, stay that way. Um, obviously, wrestling is unpredictable. The right thing comes down the pike and who knows. But the one and only reason I was going is because it was over. And I know that does, it doesn't sound good to those guys who are still trying to keep it afloat that people might not show up. Because it's not like they're in the clear now. It's not like, you know, oh, they have plenty of money now. Like, it's not that. But in the same token, my my one more attendance isn't going to keep them open or closed. So, although I'm sure they'd love to have me and they'd love that one more, you know, ticket bought, whatever the case is. Um, it, it's I'm not going 14 hours in fucking January for an IWA show when if I'm going to do a last IWA show and that's not even really something I'm trying to do. I'm not really like looking forward to like dying to go to another one. Again, it was kind of just like shit, man, last minute, this and that. And Jeremy hit me up with it. He's like, dude, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to go. I said, well, look, man, I don't want to commit fucking three months away. And sure enough, we haven't even passed a month and they already pulled back. Well, it's not the end. (laughs) Okay. Then, well, you know, so that that's kind of where I stand with that. Um, you know, we were going to take the road trip, me, Jeremy, Shaheen, uh, Jeremy's boy, James, which sounded like an awesome trip. I, I really want to spend the fucking trip with Shaheen and fucking, you know, no Beckham and, uh, you know, do a bunch of fucking shows on the way there, fucking record all sorts of audio, fucking, you know, I think we could have a great time. We could actually provide some great content too with all that time on our hands. So, um, it'll happen. It'll happen one day. Um, I just, January is not it for me. I actually even had like a tattoo appointment on January 27th. And when that shit happened, I told my dude, like, look, I, um, I, I might have to reschedule that. Just, just hold on. You know what I mean? And luckily I, I didn't lose my, my date. So I was able to get that back. Cause I have so much to do on this arm and I want to get it all done before race season. Yeah. I got some more stuff done last week. Um, I have two appointments in November one in December, one in January, and if I need one in February, I'll tack that on too. So I got fucking uh, probably 15 hours or so left on on this arm, um, if not more. So, you know, I'm looking to really just just hammer away at that. And like I said, wrestling shows are not what I'm looking to attend at the moment. Um, You know, we're going to get into all sorts of different shit on Sunday. I don't want to really, you know, step on anything or – or try to like conjure up content and shit to, to figure out what to fill time with tonight. So uh, I'm just going to call the show. Um, I'm hoping, you know, anybody who listen, obviously you're going to have to be a fan of football to like tonight's episode. It is what it is guys. Um, you know, check out the hot tag podcast. They got a bomb ass interview going with DJ Hyde over there. I myself are going to listen to the shit tomorrow. If Shaheen gets it up there, cause I know this motherfucker likes to do a show. And then two days later, I'm waiting for the fucking thing to pop up my iTunes. So get shit up there. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'll talk to y'all motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers I say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you 
good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.